0: stand as we begin worship this morning. Um, our opening scripture will be Psalm 71, verse 3. Psalm 71, verse 3. It says, Be to me a rock of refuge, to which I may continually come. You have given the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Amen. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from that wounded side flow be of sin the double cure, Save from wrath and make me pure. Not the labors of my Fulfill thy laws, commands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All for sin could not atone. Thou my saving, and thou alone. Watch me say-
1: Crossbridge Church, uh, glad you're here. Most of you uh, know that our pastor isn't here today. He forgot to set his clock ahead. So, <laughs> anyway, no, he's taken the, uh, uh, this is spring break for our kids and, and they have chose to go on a rest and relaxation trip. But uh, anyway, the reason I'm up here is because Max nominated me and Alan seconded, and so here I am. But uh, anyway, good to have you all here today, and uh, let's open in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day that you provided for us. God, we thank you for this congregation, your family, God. It's always good to have these family reunions. God, to uh, come together and fellowship. Lord, we thank you for... Your blessings to us this week. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor and protection upon him, God. We pray that you would bless this congregation this day, Lord, as we uh, gather together. In Christ's name, amen. This is our welcoming time, so uh, for five minutes, uh, you can roam around and greet each other and uh, enjoy yourselves.
2: just the sustenance I need. Lest I become rich, I would forget you. Lest I become SHUT so-
0: to my poverty to riches yeah.
1: I thought there was another song. Let me just say uh, I'll, I'll start out. we, we have a, a presentation this morning from Jody on uh, someone has graduated discipleship. You may be seated.
0: get Justin to come up and join me this morning. (laughs) Hi, I I just wanted to to give you that and tell you it has just been a real joy discipling you. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's all about discipleship, guys. This has been so fun. I think. I know I've learned a lot through it. I hope Justin has as well. It's been a good time. It's been an awesome bond to build. And I would suggest if you haven't discipled anyone or been discipled, get on it. I mean, it's a good
1: time. Uh, yeah.
3: Of course. So I, was, I just wanted to thank you guys as a church. Um, so when I first got in this program, um, the greatest gift that you guys could have ever given me was this. You guys gave me a Bible when I got baptized. And the Bible says that all scripture is God-breed, for teaching, reproof, correction, and training, and righteousness,
1: and the time that me and Jody were able to spend together. I mean, we've cried together, we've laughed together, we've shared a lot of, I've learned a lot, man, and I just want to say thank you. I might just add, uh, I'll go ahead and make this announcement. Uh, the discipleship, Alan... And I are doing a discipleship class on Sunday afternoons. We've chosen just to do a group. We start at 4.30 every Sunday afternoon till 5.30. So uh, for those of you uh, who would want to be plugged in on that, uh, you're welcome to come. Uh, I, I might also say, well, I'm there from 5.30 until 6 is, is prior to men's Bible study uh, there's a little bit of entertainment there, Russ entertains us, <laughs> Stacy entertains us, Alan is always good for a truck driving story, so there's there, there's 30 minutes of chuckles in there uh, along with some, some good food. Uh, men's Bible study then starts at 6, and we are in uh, Daniel 9 tonight, it will be our study, but... Uh, Anyway, let me start the top here. Saturday night freeway, 5:30 dinner and followed by the service. Wednesday night dinner at 6. classes at 6:45 with families and youth young or young adults. Uh, I've already done the men's Bible study. New members class starts Sunday. April the 3rd, 9 a.m., I'm going to guess in one of the side classes, men's prayer breakfast, Saturday, March the 19th, 8 a.m. at Grillo's, young adults gathering on Sunday, March the 20th, after the morning service, going to Ha -ha Tonka up near Camdenton. See Casey for details. Do you have any other you want to add to that? And Get out there before the ticks and chiggers beat you. Okay, so church softball team. those of you who want to play softball. Uh, the first scheduled game is March the 21st at the Rotary Park. It's at 5:45 for those who come as cheerleaders. The manager and coach is Tommy Claxton. He's told me he's told me there is practice this afternoon at five o'clock. Uh, so, those, they play the assembly of God first, first night out. So, uh, women's ministry has a getaway on April the 22nd, 23rd. I'm hoping these are on the board behind me as I'm giving them. Uh, it's in Joplin. It's $55. Uh, there is a sign-up sheet over here. I will get that started when I get set back down. Uh, the women are starting their study on uh, the women of Easter. The books are ten dollars. That starts this week, this Thursday at six p.m. The women have coffee at Grillos at eight thirty this Wednesday. Um, I think. Uh, let's see. I've got one more here. There will be an activities committee meeting this Friday. This Friday at 5.30 here at the church, everyone is welcome, bring a snack. So, I hope I've covered everything. Yes, let me just add, thank you Jeannie. Um, The new profit and loss pages are out in in the greeting area there. I might just say, uh, let, let me read a scripture here first. In 1 Peter 5, 2 and 3, it says, Care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not for what you will get out of it, but because you are eager to serve God. Don't lord over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And I just want to say that to say this, our, our pastor, I'm going to let you in on a little inside secret here. Our pastor came to the elders in October wanting to start his own business. Asked us to probably more anxious about we did. I know his his wife was probably more anxious about it than he was. Uh, but he ventured into that new business we had plans in case that business did not go good to up his salary here he came to us at the end of December and told us he said the business is doing great more than he expected and he said I want you to cut my salary by a hundred dollars a week a lot of you don't know that but I want to share that with you and those who can do quick math that's more than five thousand dollar beat so I'm just telling you that to give you a little heartbeat of our pastor He leads by example, and I appreciate that. I appreciate his passion for this church, for this congregation. I might just say as being part of the finance team here, we are so thankful for your giving. Um, I think it was just last Sunday. This church probably gave the the largest offering I've ever seen. It was north of $11,000 last Sunday. Uh, those who are members here know that anything after the after we pay payroll at the end of the year, or I mean at the end of the month, anything over 15000 in our account, we put toward our building fund. We have a building program. We have plans, and, and I know we're not elbow to elbow today, but we have been, I know last week we were, but uh, God is blessing us through your giving. And uh, we have a great example of that. I was going to say on the profit and loss, you can see the pastor's reduction in salary there. But anyway, if you would, we'll stand and we'll, I'll pray and we'll collect our offering. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for our pastor, for his leadership, for his example, for his family. Lord, we pray for protection upon them as they are on this trip. Give them rest, peace, rejuvenate them. Lord, I thank you for this congregation and their willingness to give. And as we give this portion back to you, this day that you've blessed us with, we pray that you give us wisdom, God, in the way we use it, and the way we lead in this community. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
0: Tops, You were before
2: me all. And soon our lives turn back to
0: dust When the sun comes up Yeah. Days on earth, give us more wisdom in the secret heart as you did. Wisdom in the secret heart as you display amazing grace through Jesus. For hearts give up, the Spirit fill us, satisfy us with your love, satisfy us with your love,
2: Be. Who spoke the word He fashioned? Even things I cannot see, no mind can comprehend. no one can
0: comprehend. Oh, you Majesty to see you. according to your will to the Christ who's been sacrificed in my place on that hill in my place on that hill I'm redeemed I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed.
1: Let me just say we're in for a blessing this morning. For those of you who don't know, our speaker today is Pastor Jeff's father-in-law, Pastor Jim Jones. Uh, You may may know him as Mr. Jim or uh, as I've come known as Pops. Last year sitting in ballgames with him, he's uh, better known as Pop. Glad to have you, Jim. Thank you. Be here.
3: Thank you. Well, you don't have to stand for me. You can be seated, all right. So, hey, it's good to be here today. Amen. Yep, they they call me Pops. I just had a birthday last Tuesday. Turned 73 years old. I've been accused of being a server at the Last Supper, you know. (laughs) Oh my. Well, I am so like. remember when the rainbow is in black and white, you know. That's, that's pretty old, isn't it? Well, I promise you, I'll be like Elizabeth Taylor told her seventh husband. I won't keep you long, okay? <laughs> it's okay to have fun at church too, isn't it? Amen. You betcha. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, first of all, before I do get started, I do appreciate my son-in-law. And thank you for treating him and my daughter and their children from the bottom of my heart. He, he's a good man. Jeff's got a big heart. Big heart. he would do anything for anybody. But I, I will tell you this, he, he'll be firm. But he'll be upfront with him well, okay? So, uh, from, I just want to tell you, treat him well, okay? He's a good man. He voices his opinion, and I believe his opinion because I gave him time. <laughs> I guess nothing wrong with that, is sir. Well, anyway, hey, I want to introduce my wife, Beth. Stand up back there. Yeah, right there she is. My goodness. Yep. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful wife. We've been married, I guess, in August the 15th this year, 52 years. Well, yeah, praise the Lord, thank you for everything, it's been a wonderful 52 years. You know what, we've had our ups and downs, but uh, I want to tell you something, all those that's been married and say that have never had a spat, you know, either one of you are a coward or you both are. <laughs> Before I do get started, I do want to tell you a couple of things. I uh, grew up on a farm out by Elkland, there was 11 of us in our family. Nine children, mom and dad had. I had the best parents in the world. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord, for them. Oh, we didn't have much money, but we had something money can't buy, and that was love. I had good parents, great parents. You know, we supported that, we broke the windows out of our house so people couldn't look in and see how poor we was. (laughs) Couldn't afford shoes, so my dad just painted her feet brown and laced up her toes, you know I remember one time my mother, bless her heart, she didn't drive. Her her life was her children. And she uh, always pressure cooked. You know, green beans, stuff like that, corn, whatever. She always got that old pressure cooker out there on that old wood stove. Couldn't regulate the temperature very well. She'd run all of her kids kids out of the house. So uh, when she ran them out, we'd all go outside and wait until she got done. Uh, because if that lid blew off of that pressure cooker, I mean, it went right through the roof. In fact, I'm not for sure if some of them UFOs that we're seeing today is not them old pressure cooker lids. <laughs> but anyway, we was able to get us a chest-type freezer. So then she didn't have pressure cook. She just got them uh, uh, sandwich bags, freezer bags, and put you know, the corn, beans, and that and stuck it out there in the freezer made it handy. So one day, we was having company. She went out there and, and uh, got some corn out of the freezer. She lifted up the chest out of the freezer. And when she did, she didn't know it. Uh, but we had an old cat out there on the back porch. He was a great mouser. Well, he jumped in that freezer. She shut the lid down. She didn't know it got in there. Well, a few minutes later, she had to go back out and get some green beans. She got them green beans and brought them in the house to cook them. And uh, she noticed her cat frozen. Oh, she got to die. She was boo-hoo and crying. I don't know how many of you remember, you got a veterinarian here, but years ago, we had a vet by the name of Jesse Hartley. Any of you remember him? I guess I'm older than what I thought. But anyway, oh, Jess Hartley, she called him said, Hey, uh, Jess, uh, my cat's frozen, uh, and what do I do? And she said, "Oh, uh, that was my mom's name, said, get some, get some kerosene pour it down its uh, mouth, that'll revive it we didn't have no kerosene. We ran out because we used it filling up the old refrigerator. That's what it ran off We was out of kerosene. But we had no Model A, it had some gasoline in it. She said, get a siphon hose, boys. Y'all know what a siphon hose is? Yeah. yeah, okay. Most people refer that to that of an Arkansas credit card. <laughs> so we siphoned some gas out. Brought out there. Mom got one of those Sears and Roebuck catalogs, folded it up, put down the cat's mouth and poured some gasoline down in it. And that cat jumped up. That hair was standing straight up on his back. And he ran, I mean, zing, zing around the house just flying. And he come right back over there where Mom put, uh, doctored him up at, and he fell over. No, he didn't die. He ran out of gas. Oh, Jesus. It's time to preach, isn't it? Amen. Time to preach. All right. Let's get started. (laughs) All right. 2 Samuel chapter 23. If you got your Bibles turned, talk about David and Samuel chapter 23. Talk about David's mighty man. I just want to read a few verses there. I might get off script a little bit here because I've chased rabbits, okay? I want you to understand that today. In verse 8, chapter 23 of 2 Samuel, the Bible says these are the names of the mighty men of David. H- had the Tashmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was Adino the Ezonite. He lifted up his spear against 800, whom he slew at one time. And after him was uh, Eleazar, the son of Dudu, or however you want to pronounce it, the Elohite. One of the three mighty men with David, when they defiled the Philistines that were there, gathered together to battle, and and the man of Israel going away, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave to the sword, and, and uh, the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil, and after him was uh, Shammah. Uh, the son of AAD the Herodite, and the Philistines were gathered together, and to a troop there was a piece of, of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines, uh, but he stood in the mist didn 't he? boy, I tell you what, if we don 't need some mighty man today, amen, we need some mighty man that 's ready and willing to stand in the mist. I tell you what, we just don't have man of valor. We don't have man of courage like we used to have. We don't have man of faith like we used to have, do we? It's something that seems like it's disappearing all the time. We need some men like Moses and Aaron was there in Exodus chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Where they said, hey, we want to go out in the wilderness and hold a feast and to serve our Lord and God jesus christ and and old pharaoh said hey i don't know your lord i don't know this god well, I'll guarantee you one thing for sure. Whenever that blood was put on the doorpost and the windowpost, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. He knew who God was, didn't he? Climate change. in was who the uh, Red Sea and it was divided. Oh no, there wasn't a climate change. In it was the Red Sea divided. Boy, can you hear the politicians today? Said, man, that was a bad climate. We we got to have. We got to do something about this. You know what? But anyway, the sea departed, and they walked across on dry ground. We need some men like Moses and Aaron, don't we? Can I get an amen? Hey, listen, if you want to say amen, hallelujah, whatever, just say it, all right? It fires this old preacher up here. It's like saying, uh, sick him to a dog or a suey hog, it's time to eat, you know what? Come on, get with it. I'm glad to be in God's house this morning. Amen? Wow, yes, I am. Hey, we need some more men, uh, just like uh, how about old Joshua and Caleb? Uh, Whenever they sent out the 12 spies to go out there and look at the land, and and they crossed over Jordan and, and went across the river, and they came back, and the grapes were so huge that two men had to carry them back. And there was 12 of them, one from each tribe that went across the river. We need some mighty men like Joshua and Caleb. When they came back, 10 out of the 12 said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We ain't going over there. Hey, there's giants in the land, and we're nothing but grasshoppers. Boy, there's a sermon there, written there, grapes, giants, and grasshoppers. Well, think about it a moment. They was men, wasn't he? Joshua and Caleb said, hey, we're not afraid. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Mighty men. We need those today, don't we? We need some mighty men like old Elijah there in First Kings chapter 18. Whenever he went before Ahab. And the 450 prophets that sat at the prophet of Baal. And the 400 prophets that sat at Jezebel's table. And old Joshua said, and he looked at the nation of Israel and all of them that was there. And said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? He said, are you going to serve the gods of Balaam? Or are you going to serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? We need men like that, don't we, today? And all of Israel said, nothing he was a mighty man wasn't he oh can you just see those prophets of Baal praying and wanting fire to come down to devour that bullock and it never happened they got to cutting herself with spears and oh Elijah got to making fun of them didn't he yeah he said maybe they're on vacation yeah what's wrong they was cutting themselves with swords and knives Elijah okay enough's enough it's my turn he said hey let's douse this bullock down uh, with some water they got four barrels of water and dumped on it they went and got four more uh, barrels of water and dumped on it for three times 12 barrels 12 tribes of Israel poured in that trench that was around there took 12 stones whoa there we go again 12 times 12 tribes of Israel put it around there he prayed he said Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob come down and devour this bully. Just like that, and it was sapped up, you know it. Oh, we need men like Elijah, don't we? Amen. Oh, we need some mighty men. We need some mighty men like old uh, John the Baptist coming out of the wilderness wearing camel hair, eating wild locusts and honey. He said, you're nothing but a generation of vipers and necks." We need that kind of preaching today behind the puppets across the land. What we've got behind the pulpits in a lot of churches is cowards. They don't want to preach on sin. They don't want to preach on truth. They don't even want to preach on hell. I'll tell you today, ladies and gentlemen, before you leave here, Christ spoke on hell more than he did heaven. You better understand there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, And we need some men behind the pulpits that ain't afraid to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We need some mighty men back in our churches again today. Again, I'm telling you, we've got cowards as preachers. We've got cowards as deacons and trustees. If that's what you got, here's what we got. And I preach this same sermon to them, okay? I'm not going to hold anything back. Because I'll tell you what, I'm not afraid. Hey, I'll be just like oh, Romans one sixteen when Paul said, Hey, listen, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is a power unto salvation. Amen. It is a power. First also to the Jews and also the Greeks. Paul wasn't afraid. What are we afraid of? Amen. We need some mighty men again in our churches. Woo. Oh, John. John the Baptist wasn't afraid, was he? They liked what he said. One thing, when they said, Behold, the, the Lamb of God which cometh, which taketh away the sin of the world. They liked to hear that. But boy, when he looked at Philip, when he looked at old Philip's wife, Herodias, can I get an amen? amen. Hey, it's preaching time. It's preaching. Listen now, folks. We need to make people understand. He cannot have his brother's wife. It is called adultery. Amen. It's getting quiet. Hey, I preach this at my church. Hey, preach this. What you got to do? Hey, that, listen. No men are going to hell. And tell you something. The woman at the well there in John. What is it? John four or eleven? Can't remember John eleven. I think. Well, anyway, Hey, she'd been married five times, and the man that she was with wasn't even her husband. Right? Yeah. Uh, but he said, hey, listen, you can't have your brother's wife. I had some people in my church come up to me. I said, Jim, uh, because of the federal government, I'm tired of the federal government. Hey, you cannot. We're going to cut your salary if you get married. Now, as long as you stay, if, as long as you don't marry each other, you're going to get your Social security you're going to get yours, and, and you're going to get this benefit and this benefit you know what, trust God, but anybody that come to me and said, can we still come to your church, I said, absolutely well, I'm going to preach on it I'm going to preach on it amen, hey, anybody can come to church, but I'm going to preach on it hey, it's my job to preach on it we need some mighty men, don't we John the Baptist was a mighty man I'm going to hurry up, because I tell you what, I don't I gotta be back over to my church today at eleven thirty if i can make it i've got a clock i've got a clock back there at our church and it gets 12 o'clock people turn around and start looking i said whoa wait a minute you know what happened to Lot's life don't be looking back <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah they're worried right about time aren't they you know god don't have a clock does he He don't have to spring forward or fall back. He's always right there at all times. He don't have a clock, does he? Amen. Hey, all right, I'm going to keep going here. We need some mighty men in the homes. Boy, i tell you what, we need some mighty men in the homes, don't we? I'll tell you, i preach this, I promise you this to my church. Hey, summer's coming on, isn't it? Dads? When them teenage daughters and them daughters come out of that bedroom or down them stairs out of their bedroom with them short shorts on, I'm telling you, the only cheeks that should be shown are these right here. (laughs) Amen. Oh, get mad. That's okay. You don't have to have me back. But I'm going to tell you this is what, I'm going to tell you this is the truth. We better open up our eyes. Hey, we better... I'm telling you, it, it, yeah, people say, well, now, Brother Jim, you know, we like to get a suntan. Yeah, you know what? Today's suntan, tomorrow's prune. Amen? <laughs> hey, I don't you just love it? I mean, here's, we, I don't remember where it was at or whatever. This lady in the two-piece, and, and uh, she had, uh, you know, the, her navel was her son, and she had raised uh, decals or uh, whatever it's called coming off and and just all over uh, (coughs) tattoos that's what it was all over them sun just coming out like sun rays I thought to myself you know what three kids and 30 years later that thing's gonna look like a spider web (laughs) (laughs) house hey we need some man in the house need some mighty men, don't we? Hey, when that daughter, her teenage daughter, comes down them stairs wearing that prom dress, if she ain't covered from uh, neck to foot, hey, don't let her go out. You want these men to look at her? Come on, guys. Come on, man. We need some mighty men in the homes, don't we? What are we afraid of? Oh, we're going to make them mad if we do. I want to tell you something. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Foolishness abounds in the heart of a child, but a rod will correct his path. Amen. Amen. My dad, I want you to know, invented these uh, what, designer jeans? Because he'd get us. I mean, it more peach tree limbs. Then things wasn't very big, but that thing produced limbs every year. I swear it did. Go get a peach tree limb. And bring it in. And he'd cut through the britches. And they was just streaks of them. Britches tore open. Them was designer jeans. And they didn't cost much, you know it. But we need some men in the house, you know it. We need some men to tell their daughters how to dress. I have heard preachers tell me, I've never looked at a girl in a short skirt. That's not true. How in the world did he know she had a short skirt on? (laughs) Amen. Think about it. Isn't that true? Sure it is. Hey, we need to put clothes on. Let them guess. Let them guess. The only thing that they should be seeing is your face. Man, we need some men at home. Hey, I'm just not picking on the young ladies. I'm picking on the guys too. You know what? I, I, the Bible says, and hey, listen, folks, I had a throw one time like this. Believe it or not, I did. I had to walk sideways, go through a door. I mean, my hair was wide like that. And, and I'm not kidding you. Moses couldn't even part of it. <laughs> Think about this a moment. The Bible tells us, in the book of Corinthians, does not nature itself teach you that a man should not have long hair? Don't we let it happen, don't we? Oh, no, you're just saying that because you don't have any. No, it's biblical. We need some mighty men in our homes. Men that will open up the word of God instead of open up social media. Amen. Amen. We, hey, we need some men that's willing to sit down with their wife and their kids and have a devotion around the old city. We don't have supper tables anymore, do we? Not like we used to. Oh, that was the most fun of our times. When we was home, when we'd gather around the supper table. Oh, did we? I mean, there was 11 of us there. What some great times we had. Oh, but then here's social media come on. Hey, Facebook is great, folks. Don't get me wrong. It could be one of the greatest tools in the world. But it's not new. Man, my wife 50 years ago had a a party line telephone. (laughs) Isn't that true? Think about it. Everybody could hear Pick up. Oh, there's 11 others. Oh, man, then it started going, didn't it? Yeah, here it went to gossip. I like what old Mark Twain he said. He said, "You know what? A lie can get halfway around the world before truth can get its shoes on." A lot of truth to that, isn't there? Hey, guys, let's be men at home again. Let's get our families back together. Our nation is falling apart because of my family. Apart. Our family, I want to be with my family. I love being around, hey, I love being around your pastor, Jeff. Me and him, we go to ball games together, set to each other, holler at the referees together. I told Jeff we're going to have to quit coming to ball games and quit preaching. <laughs> hey, we need some family time. We need some mighty men like David. What did you think that them men supported David so much for? Because they knew that David uh, was a man after God's own heart, wasn't he? Yeah. Hey, we need some men in the homes. I want to go a little bit farther. We need some men at church, don't we? Hey, you know what? Uh, I believe it's in... Psalm chapter 11, verse 3. Beth, help me out of somebody. It says that the foundations be destroyed. What do the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, then what shall the righteous do? Our foundations are being destroyed. Are they not? Think about it. Hey, y'all get mad at me. It's fine. Jeff said, Pops, treat it to whatever you want. And he said, I'll try it, come smooth it out. <laughs> Listen, there is no way, and Paul spoke about it to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. He, he was talking about the adulterous, the, uh, the uh, uh, infamous. Need some man at church. Don't you let a queer behind the pulpit. Oh, you can't say that. I just did. Don't let them behind the pulpit. The Bible plainly says the infeminate shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And you know what? There is no infeminate should be behind the pulpit telling somebody how to get to heaven when they're going to hell. folks why aren't you saying preach it why ain't not you saying hallelujah why aren't you saying amen you know it's the truth don't you amen hey, hey we got a problem we don't have mighty men in the churches anymore well you don't believe that's true go read jude verse 7 How about going to Romans chapter 1, the last verses where it says women will lose a natural affection for that of a man, and likewise men will lose a natural affection for that of a woman, and God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Well, how hard is that to understand? How about let's go on over there to the book of Judges uh, 19 and 20, where it caused a civil war there between the tribe of Benjamin and and the nation of Israel. How about let's go on over there to... uh, Genesis chapter 19, uh, even where Lot, they said, uh, while he lingered, Lot lingered because he was enjoying his lifestyle, wasn't he? While he lingered, folks, we've got a problem. The foundation is being destroyed. Hey, when we go into Matthew chapter 16, I like this, and this church always stands on this, always remember this, upon, he was talking to Peter, he said, Peter, upon this rock, Well, I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. The gates of hell, it ain't going to prevail against this church as long as you preach the word of God. Amen. And my son-in-law will, and if he don't, you come and tell me, and I'll get after him, okay? It might look like David after Goliath, but I'll guarantee it. I'll (laughs) I'll be on him like gummy bears on a set of braces. Hey, we need some men, don't we? We need some men in our churches, don't we? Amen. amen. Hey, I think we got a good, I think we got a decent school board here in Marshville, But we need some men on our school boards. And we do not need this critical race theory being taught in our schools. Can I get an amen out of that? Hey, this critical race theory, this CRT that they're teaching in our schools, don't let it here. Don't let it come into our schools, folks, because what it is, it is Marxism. And Karl Marx was a devout atheist. We cannot let this happen in our schools. Can I get an amen out of it? We cannot let this happen in our schools. We've got to, as Barney Fife would say, nip it in the bud, and it needs to be nipped in the bud, doesn't it? Because we've got a problem. If we let that, hey, I'll be at the school board meeting and tell them, I'm tired. Hey, listen, I'm tired of the federal government and the state telling us what we can do. Those children of yours, families, does not belong to the federal government. They belong to you. We need some mighty men. Heed these words today. Hey, folks, we're living in a, living in a time where I believe that the Lord can come back any time, don't you? Y'all believe he's coming back? Hey, what does John chapter 14 verse 3 say? He said, if I go again, he said, I, four words, I will come again, didn't he? He said that in John 14, 3, read it. How about going to Acts chapter eleven, verse one? Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye there gazing? This same Jesus that went away is going to come back in like manner, isn't he? He's coming back, folks. <clears throat> There's an old song. I'm going to try to sing it. Transfiguration, high upon a mountain, called Transfiguration, an angel of the Lord. Said this could be the day, amen. This could be the day when the saints of every nation will lose a gravitation, in like manner, shall be called away. I believe, do you believe? Hey, do you believe today he's coming back? Come on, do you believe? I believe that he's coming back, like he said. I believe that the trumpet's going to sound so loud. One day he'll wake the dead in the twinkling of an eye. He'll split that eastern sky, and I believe he's coming back like he said. Do you believe that today? Hey, he's coming back. We better be prepared. People say, "Well, wait a minute, you've said that all your life. Hey, 2 Peter three nine says, "Hey, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, work willing that none should perish, but that all should come what to repentance." He's given us time. We need some mighty men. We we need some mighty men in the homes. We need the mighty mighty men in the schools. We need mighty men at our churches. Let me stop. I'm going to have to have somebody time me you here in a minute. I might trip over If I do, I won't sue, okay? I promise you that. Yeah, could you do that for me? I, my dad had tremors real bad, and this old boy does too. Ain't nothing wrong with me, you know what? But what a little preaching won't solve. Hey, we need some mighty men in Washington, D.C., don't we? Thank you, partner. I appreciate that. You're going to be a wonderful servant, okay? God bless you. We need somebody man in Washington. I don't care what side the ticket they're on. We need some mighty man. We're losing the battle. Hey, now listen. You can't have a guy by the name of Pete Buttigieg Judge on the Department of Transportation who's married to another man adopted two kids. and now we've got to call him our parents. No, we don't. It's mom and Dad. No, we don't. The Bible says. In fact, one of the commandments that was written, what's that? Obey your father and your mother, right? It didn't say obey your mom, dad and dad, your mom and mom, does it? We've got a problem. We need some mighty men. And what? Hey, you know what? Yeah, I don't know everything there is to know, but I know one thing: we've got an issue in Washington D.C. Because we don't have some mighty men there, and we need some mighty men like we've never need before. Uh, we've got a lady that's over the human health services. Uh, she was—I say a lady—I don't know what she is. She, I, she was a man, and she was she had an operation, and, and now she's a guy. Whatever they call him, smart enough to know what's wrong. Why are we putting those on our cabinet for? God will not. Bless America until we get something resolved in Washington, D.C. We need some mighty men in Washington, amen? We need some mighty men there in Washington to say, hey, you boys up there in Canada and North Dakota and South Dakota and Nebraska that's piping that oil down, go get her done. Open it back up, amen? I'm tired of $4 gas. $5 almost for diesel fuel. We've got a problem in Washington. I tell you what, let's blame it on Putin. No, let's blame it on where the blame should be, and it falls in Joe Biden's lap, and we need a new president. Amen. Amen. I'm sure that this church is going to get some calls if this is going out online. (laughs) My number is 417 872 8746. Again, Romans 1 16. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. We are, hey folks, we're falling apart. And why? Why? Because we're not following God's commandments and his statutes. Until we get back on board, until we get things changed in America, we've got some problems. We need some mighty man, right back there in Washington, D.C., some men that will stand up and tell the truth. Hey, it doesn't matter what side they are on because we got it on both sides. It's amazing when they get elected how much richer they get and how much of a yes person they get. I'll guarantee you one thing for sure. When I was in office up there, they tried every way in the world. Hey, Jim, don't put that on. Can you just not let that slide for another year? I looked at him, and I said, "Judson, young man. I must have called him by name. I said, Look, you wouldn't respect me if I'd done that. I'd rather have your respect as your vote. I'm serious about that. I cannot be bought off. I would never be bought off. We need some mighty men in Washington who's willing to get on their knees and pray to God in heaven. Because he says, now remember this scripture verse, it's easy to remember. Two times seven equals Fourteen. Hey, it's not new math, okay? Two times seven still equals 14. If you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, what does it say? If my people... He didn't say the devil's people, did he? He said, if my people will humble themselves... We need to humble, don't we? We're not doing that, folks. We need some mighty men again, the ones that God was talking about... There in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, he said, I'll heal your land. We need a healing, don't we? Why can't we be healed? Because we don't have mighty man. Oh, folks, do we ever need that today? You know what we need? We need some mighty man. Let's sing. There we go. I told one more ago I feel like my favorite Martian with this thing on. <laughs> Needs, excuse me. We need not going too long here. Oh, yes, I am. I'm the one that's got to be back preaching another sermon, don't <laughs> I? Over their family. We need some mighty men who's got an influence over their family. Do you know you're going to be judged on your influence? Hey, uh, I believe Romans chapter 14 verse 12 says, We'll all give an account of ourselves whether it be good or bad. Our influences, Her story. Oh man, he was a drunkard. Got drunk all the time. Stayed drunk. Went to a revival meeting at the local church and got saved. I mean, he was saved. He was saved. I'm gonna tell you something. You can't have conversion without conviction. You understand, Dad? Yeah. He got gloriously saved, and he asked the old preacher to come home. His wife didn't go to church. Preacher, yes, I'll go home. They went home. And sat down at the table. He looked up, the preacher did, at his wife, and she had aged well beyond her years. Just face-drawn sad. He said, Preacher, come out here a minute. I want to show you something. So they went out to the hog lot. There was an old man's son and his wife's Son, there in that hog pit, laying flat down, drunk. He said, I, I caused that, preacher. I caused that. It was me. Our influences that we have. We need somebody. Man's got some good influence on their families and their kids. I caused it. That's sad, isn't it? Hey, we're going to be going to be accountable, too, for our words. you know that? We've got to meet some mighty men. Be careful what you say. Bibles Bible tells us in Matthew, chapter 12, verse 34, out of abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Two verses down, it says, you know what? We're going to be judged for every vain word that we say, whether it be good or bad. going to be held accountable. Hey, mighty man, are you going to be before the great white throne, the judgment where the Lord says, or weak man, I should say, where the Lord says, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I never knew you. Are you going to be before the judgment seat of Christ? That's where I will be. Praise the Lord. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Oh, I believe folks with all my heart I'm serious I want you to pay close attention it will be the most embarrassing thing in our lives when men may be over here at the judgment seat of Christ and seeing their children at the great white throne of judgment and the kids crawling crying out saying hey dad Hey, Dad, you taught me how to fish. Hey, Dad, you taught me how to hunt. You taught me how to change a flat tire. Dad, not one time did you ever tell me that Jesus loved me. Not one time did you ever tell me that Jesus died on the cross for me. Not one time. Cast. Hey, out of hell. Hell's forgotten then. Understand you're cast into a lake of fire. Maybe cast into what a lake of fire, where the smoke ascended forever, forever wailing, gnashing of teeth. Hey, I don't want my kids going there. I don't want my grandkids. Hey, hey, we need to be. We need to have some prayer warriors at the old hall today. You know. Hey, moms, you're not indifferent. Mom's going to be at their judgment seat of Christ and if they see their kids over there at the great white throne, the judgment. Mom, you taught me how to dress like a lady. You taught me how to sew. You taught me how to cook. But mom, you never told me that Jesus loved me. You never told me that he died on the cross for me. Hey, it's real, folks. And it's eternity. There is no end. Mighty man, if you're here today, Stay mighty. Stay true to the word of God. I tell you what, the Bible tells us, I don't care if you're layman or whatever. The Bible tells us in the book of Timothy, be instant, or preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke with all long suffering and doctrine. And that's what we need to be teaching our kids. That's what we need to be preaching. Two-thirds of my message has to be on rebuke, rebuke and reprove. The other third on exhaustion, lifting people up. Listen, folks, we've got a need today in our churches, in our schools, in our homes, in our country. We need some mighty men. Would you stand with me as the praise team comes, please? And we're going to sing a song of invitation. And if God has touched your hearts here today, my prayer is that today, that you would step out these altars, these benches, what up here, they ought to be full. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your words. God, we thank you for everything that you have given us. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross that we can have eternal life and have it more abundantly. And God, one day I want to hear those words well done. And I pray that each and every one of here today can. Your will be done in this service, in Christ's name, I do pray. Amen. As, just as I am. What a song.
0: Just as
2: I. we
3: There's a, a scripture verse in the book of Acts 26 where King Agrippa said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost, but lost. And I'm going to leave, folks, and I'm going to tell you I've enjoyed being here, and I love you from the bottom of my heart. I'm going to preach hard. I'm going to preach truth. But I love you all. once you know that? But there's an old song, and I love this one. You don't have to sing it, but I'm going to leave you. It's... And, it, and it's almost, seems now some soul shall leave, almost persuaded Christ to receive. Seems now some soul shall say, go spirit, go thy way. Some more convenient day, on thee I'll call. We have no guarantee. Remember that, almost. Some more convenient. That's what Felix said in Acts 24. You better go home and think about this. I called one of the elders here at the church. Can't get a hold of them. I gave you my phone number, didn't I? If I didn't, I'll give you 417-872-8746. Call me, please. This invitation is not over. If you have a need, if you have a problem, God bless y'all. Love you. Thank you for allowing me to come, okay?
1: Thank you, Jim. We appreciate you. Appreciate your honesty. And uh, anyway, if you enjoyed service this morning, he's a a fired up gentleman. But uh, anyway, uh, Alan would. You mind closing us in prayer, please? Pastor Jeff will be back on Wednesday, and he and his family. So I would just suggest, uh, you know, September, I think, is Pastor Appreciation Day or Appreciation Month, maybe. But uh, if you get an opportunity, drop him a card, drop him a text, drop him an email. Just tell him how much we appreciate he and his family. Have a blessed day.